Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I'm joined by Kimberly Furness. Hello, Kimberly. Hello, Katrina. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining me today. It is an absolute treat to have you on, Kimberly, as an absolute rural rock star for sure, and someone who is very much aligned with my values and empowering rural and regional women and all the things that I love. So it's an absolute treat to have you on today. Kimberly is the founder of Oak Magazine, which I'm sure many of the listeners today, my listeners and the rural and regional women will have come across. It's a fabulous magazine, uh, sort of highlighting and showcasing rural women and their stories, rural and regional women and their stories. And it's a fantastic publication and just so, so important um, and is making big, you know, big waves, I think. And it's just, it's it's a beautiful publication and it's just so special to have you with me today. Kimberly has sort of a history in journalism and communication and a bit of a foray into the beauty therapy world for a little while there. Worked in kind of government organisations and community departments and uh, communication departments. And it sounds like had a range of experiences before starting one business and then I think I'm, I'm interested to tap into this, but I think going back into sort of working for someone and then founding the magazine. So what a story. I can't wait to dive into hearing about, you know, the backstory to how all this came about, how you came to be living in Bendigo in regional Australia and, um, yeah, delving into all the juicy bits about starting the magazine and entrepreneurship and it's just going to be such a great chat. So I, I'm so thrilled to have you on. So let's start with the backstory, your story, and then how you ended up in Bendigo. I always love to hear from our regional and rural rock stars how they ended up in rural Australia. So tell us the backstory and how you got to where you are today. Mm. Well, I live in Bendigo and have for pretty much my whole life. I spent a couple of years in Melbourne, um, sort of I think as you do living in the, the country, you know, you want to see what it's like in the city. So, uh, you know, like the country mouse off to the city. Um, but uh, I'd probably just for, I suppose, this podcast and, and how it links back to Oak, I would have to take you back to sort of that, you know, that year nine sort of period for me, which was um, when you start to decide what you're going to do when you grow up. So it's about locking in work experience. And to be honest, I had nothing planned. Uh, I had all intentions of uh, taking the week off um, and spending it, you know, with the the boyfriend at the time or, yeah, just not doing anything but doing work, I think. And the big thing when I think back to that, it, it was because I didn't know what I wanted to do. There were so many others that were really quick to say, well, I want to do physiotherapy, you know, I want to do nursing. Um, you know, lots of, I suppose, people had really clear ideas. Anyway, my year nine homeroom and English teacher uh, pulled me aside one lunchtime and just said, you know, what are your plans for the work experience? And I said, oh, God, I don't know. And she goes, did you know you can write? I'm like, oh, not really. Like up until that point, writing had really gotten me into trouble, Katrina. <laughs> and um, I've, um, yeah, spent a week in detention um, with a girlfriend uh, for writing a bit of a saucy letter 
Um, and yeah, so, you know, I just hadn't thought of myself as a writer up until that point. But um, yeah, look, I took her advice. And at the time, Bendigo, our local newspaper, weren't taking on work experience. Um, it had a lot to do with the insurance at the time. So I went off to Nil. Uh, Nil is halfway between Melbourne and Adelaide, really small uh, country town. Um, you would look, it's probably most well known for Lover Duck. Um, that's one of their, their big businesses up there. Um, but yeah, I went to the Nil Free Press, absolutely loved it. Now, back then, um, and again, that's not that long ago, but they were cutting and pasting the paper together. Like, you know, I think we just take advantage, you know, digital and that it was all done, you know, on a computer. But no, you would print out your story, you would cut it up and then paste it on these like big sort of sort of A1 sheets. Um, and then that would go off to the printer. Now, I never went to kinder, Katrina, so my cut and paste skills are deplorable. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you could tell that it was me that had, had done certain stories because there were shadows and you could see where the lines were cut. But anyhow, I had an absolute ball. Um, they really did throw me into the deep end, so I got to write a story. And I actually went back every school holidays um, all through year 10, 11 and 12 until it come to, you know, that start of the first year out of high school of, um, again, what am I going to do? And my grandparents at the time, I'm really close to them. Uh, they wanted me to pursue, you know, like higher education rather than do a cadetship at the Neil Free Press. And um, yeah, in the end, I was able to get my foot in the door at our local newspaper, the Bendigo Addy. So um, yeah, really young at that age to, to be in a newsroom. And looking back, um, look, I was probably really naive as well with the politics and everything that was going on. And, and maybe that's a good thing. But you know, I have a love of magazines. I absolutely love them and have for so long. And eventually um, I got my foot in the door at Cosmo just for uh, like an internship outside of their usual, uh, what would you call it, their usual one that they do. So they take in a certain number each year and then there's some extras that they add on. And um, so, yeah, this little country mouse went to to the big smoke to Sydney all by herself. Um, I had my Supre outfit. I was pretty impressed with that. Um, completely out of place uh, in the city. But, um, yeah, I just fell in love with magazines. Uh, Mia Friedman was the editor. I saw her. Um, yeah, it was just living this really big life. And so I came back to Bendigo and quit my job at the newspaper, like which is, you know, a big thing. It's really hard to get into journalism. Um, and then decided to go and do beauty therapy in Melbourne. Best time of my life. Um, I'm able to, you know, wax, massage, do facials, a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, I missed writing. Anyway, I met my husband. We went to school together. He happened to be in Melbourne at the same time. Uh, lived just near me, actually, uh, in Melbourne. And, um, yeah, we had our first baby. And I probably realised then how isolating it can be, even though you're in the city, um, being away from your family. Uh, so, yeah, we came back to Bendigo. I went back into corporate comms. Um, worked at Bendigo Health, Bendigo TAFE. Um, and then it came to a point where I'm like, I wonder what my skill set's like against those in the city. I suppose I always look to the city as being, I don't know, the, the older, wiser sister, I suppose. And um, yeah, so I went down to Epworth Healthcare and uh, it was just that I had some spare time on the train uh, doing the commute. We had three kids at that time. Um, and I just thought, well, yeah, I might as well do some work for some friends, um, just helping them out with social media, you know, email marketing, building websites, that sort of thing, everything that I'd learned in corporate um, because we worked in such small teams, you got your hand on everything. And uh, anyway, it just come to a point where I had a really good client list and I was pregnant with my fourth. 
you know, I was on a contract with Epworth. So I suppose I just fell into business. It's not something I ever thought I was smart enough to be in. I never thought, you know, I never went to uni. So, you know, it's all those little things. You always just sort of think, well, gosh, you have to go to uni to have a business, don't you? You have to do, you know, business admin or or even have a family member that's in business. And I had sort of none of that, but um, seemed to have found my way. And, you know, that sustained me for, I suppose, yeah, you know, my maternity leave with our fourth. Um, and but you sort of picked up before that, you know, I have gone back into corporate. To be honest, I've always got my foot in and out of corporate. Um, for me, that's my big struggle is staying out. Um, <laughs> I actually love, you know, dipping back in um, and and working in big teams and probably trying to make a difference, mm. uh, but then realising how inflexible that is as well. I think it's now coming to a point, having been in business for six years, um, just that flexibility, like I really do need it. Um, I was only just recently in a corporate role, um, yeah, this year. So it started in November last year um, and it just came down to the contract and they wanted me in there, even though I'd worked flexibly, you know, for that six months, they wanted me in there from, um, you know, 8.30 to, to 5. And I'm like, that's just, that's not possible with four kids. So, um, yeah, that just didn't work out. And I mean, again, it's it's all for a good reason, isn't it? It all happens for a reason. Um, but yeah, I then evolved out of all of that story too. Oh, wow. What a- I'll take a breath now, Katrina. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> and this is what people love. It's the story. You know? Like that's what we all love hearing about is, is people's backstories and, you know, what led them to now. I could listen to it all day. So just going back, how long were you at Cosmo for at that time? That's pretty um, yeah, it was like a one to two week, uh, I suppose, internship as such. Um yeah, I couldn't actually get any more time off my job. So at that time, I was actually um, working in a hair and beauty salon as well. So I was working at the Benigo Addy, as well as um, sort of dipping my toe into this whole beauty area. Um, I think there was that sort of that point at that stage where I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is for me, this whole journalism thing. I absolutely adored writing the feature stories when it come to the harder hitting ones. And I'm talking you know, your politics, your car accidents, you know. I still remember a story where I had to interview someone um, about the death of their son and I knew that person. You know, I they were a manager, you know, in my high school job. Um, that was extremely hard as a 21, 22-year-old um, to be able to do that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't lighting me up. So that's sort of how I came to Cosmo. Again, I'd been applying for an internship there for so long. Uh, and in the end, I just thought, oh, I've got to make myself stand out. And so like I designed my front cover uh, of my cover letter as like a magazine cover. Um, yeah. And, and got in that way. And um, yeah, they asked me to stay. They said, are you able to stay longer? And I'm like, oh, no. So for so long, Katrina, I'd always thought that um, that was one of those what if like, what if I had of state? What would have happened? Lighting doors moment type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And you sort of keep looking back, oh, fuck, should I? I really should have, you know, stayed and, and have done that. And I probably felt a bit angry and bitter about that for a very long time. But, mm. you know, it's, you know, being able to reflect now and go, it's probably, yeah, look where I am now. What what oh. would have happened if I had have stayed? You know, yes. you don't meet your husband. You don't have your family. It just, who knows what would happen. So, um oh. Yeah, yeah, we all have those, don't we? Like we've always got those moments where you think, Jesus, my whole life could have gone in a completely different direction mm. if I made a different decision at that time. But, yeah, that's just you've got to, well, the, the the ideal way to see that is, well, it's just part of the journey, you know. It's like, well, here I am, and as you say, you wouldn't have the life that you have now if you had made a different decision. But 
I just wanted to go back to there's quite a few things I'd love to unpack in what you're saying, but you are obviously a goer, like you've, you've always, you've, it sounds like you've had lots and, you you know, there's lots of things on the go at once. But I wanted to go back to you were talking about when you started, um, Was it, is it Right Style Communications? Is that that's the name of your? That's it. Yeah, that was my first business. Yeah. And is that still going now? No, so I made a, like an official uh, closure of that probably last year. Um, okay. Probably should have made that decision a lot sooner. Uh, right. It's just the juggle. Um, Oak became more yeah. than a side hustle. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think you grow out of your business too sometimes, and that's okay. Um, yeah. And it was okay to close that as well. Like it felt really good. Um, I literally sent my last invoice off just before June 30 um, to a client to say, you know what, um, yeah, we're all done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right style is no more at all okay. so yeah which is a great feeling actually oh, I bet and you're absolutely right like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves sometimes like once we've committed to something we think we've got to keep doing it but we don't at all no, you know no. we can always change our minds and it's all fine and I'm sure it was you know it served its purpose and was a you know oh, well you had absolutely it. I'm interested in you said you know going back you had the doubts and you thought you weren't really you know well you hadn't been to uni as such and you hadn't done this and you hadn't done that so who am I to start a business and I'm not really a business owner and I just want to tap into like there's been these obviously you started your own business and then you started a magazine like how did you manage to did you have these you know self-doubt imposter syndrome all of that stuff and then how did you manage to overcome it you know did you experience those things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I probably experienced that definitely on a weekly basis, um, you know. <laughs> uh, and honestly, it depends how much social media time I have these days um, as to um, how loud that voice can be. Mm. Um, so, but, yeah, I, you know, I really, that piece of paper thing for me is definitely a hang-up that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not a journo that went to uni. So I've never, I've really struggled with saying that I'm a journalist. Mm. Um, It's only in the last few years that I've, yeah, I've actually owned that word. Like, you know, I've had so much experience in a newsroom. Um, You know, I'm probably still a journalist at the end of the day. I still write people's stories. Um, Found it a magazine, I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's so funny. Um, Someone actually picked me up on that. She goes, you've got former journalists in this. You need to drop that. You know, you are a journalist. I'm like, oh, yeah. So, you know, sometimes you do need those those voices outside yourself to say, hey, you know, check yourself and mm-hmm. own this. You are doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just that's how the mag started, um, Katrina. It really was there's a lot of puzzle pieces, but one of it was, um, you know, not having anyone that looked like me, so from regional rural, Um to ask about business, like how do you do this business thing? There's only so many Google um, articles that you can read and a lot of them have a male perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the magazines at the time, I love um, I love the Collective Hub. Like I'm in love with that, absolutely love it. But at the same time, those stories were really about digital nomads and going off to Bali. I mean, my, my husband would still be here if I did that. I'm not sure he'd be really happy about it though if I just, <laughs> you know, went on a little vacated, you know, Bali to just work on my business um you know so I suppose that imposter syndrome always creeps in it creeps in more now though um than my first business yeah uh I think just because I was ahead of the curve with the first business in terms of websites and social media um you know there there was wasn't really anyone that you're sort of comparing yourself to um as such 
But yeah, the mags, I don't know why. It's just so different. I just, I've always got this pressure on myself of like, am I doing enough? Am I making the most of this opportunity that I have? Um, Am I doing enough for our readers, for our advertisers? You know, it's just me. There's not a huge team behind Oak. I know I say we a lot. I think we all fall into that trap to make ourselves, I don't know if we make ourselves look bigger, but it's also just something we do. We say, oh yeah, you know, we'll get in touch or we'll do this when really there's just, you know, one person behind it all. Um, I just, yeah, I suppose for me, I'm I'm really conscious of whether I'm doing enough, um, you know, and, and as you said, having four kids can be tricky sometimes, you know, you, you can't dedicate a hundred percent of your time on your business and that's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's about finding, you know, that little bit of balance, um, making sure that you're serving both parts of your life. And, you know, I suppose if I did have a team or I did have an amazing bookkeeper and looked at my accounts a bit more, or, you know, sometimes you say, what if I worked harder? What if I networked, networked harder? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, all those little things. It's so interesting that you say that it's, you know, you feel like you've got more imposter syndrome now. You know, I mean, people yeah. look at you from the outside and go, oh my goodness, like amazing what you're doing. You're producing this magazine. And, you know, and I think it's just, again, that testament to the fact that it, it just never goes away. It doesn't matter what stage yeah. you're at. You just, and you've just got to keep, like you're saying, pushing through it, just keep going. And, and using those things like reinforcing from, you know, when you hear someone else tell you, you've really got to hone into that. Okay, yes, no, I still am a journalist and I am doing these things and it is fantastic and, like, just reinforcing that for yourself all the time because, yeah, it just never goes away, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, and that's one thing I do have. I now collect uh, all the positive comments, emails, DMs, that sort of thing, um, and I have them in a place that I can look to when, you know, you're just not feeling that, that great or you feel like you're sort of moving off track and you can look at it and go no actually like look at what these people said like you know you're okay you're on the right track you're actually doing really well it's like giving yourself a a pep talk but yeah um I think that's my big bit of advice for those that have a business is cut out those positive comments don't overlook them um print them out somewhere and make sure you look at them as a yeah an inspiration board every day Remind yourself that you are doing great things because it's so easy for us to to skip over achievements and move on to that next project. And also to focus on the negative. Like we always stew for you know forever on the negative comments that we get. You know, we think about them heaps, but whenever we get a positive mm. one, we just dismiss it often, you know, and we don't like like you say, so I love that. Cut out the positive comments and stick them somewhere. Yeah, we yeah. Can see them all the time. That is look, if you're a digital person, go and put them in a Pinterest board or you know, in Google Docs or something, screenshot them, do what you need to. But yeah, just remind yourself that that you do possess everything necessary to be great and that's probably it's a quote I have near my desk all the time and yeah just keep looking at it like I I do have it in me to do what I need to do I'll be able to find the skills find the person I need yeah just that little daily reminder absolutely and that comes from like actually proving to yourself that you can do it which you have obviously so I want to go back to so you're ticking along with your business you've got right style communications you've got how many when did you have your fourth baby so um Oakley's five and um that was yeah just about as I finished my contract with Epworth uh so it probably come at a good time I knew that you know I'm on unpaid maternity leave I've never had paid maternity leave with any of my kids unfortunately um that would have like made life so much easier um 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I had a business that I could rely on. So I must admit I did work while I had her. Um, my husband still reminds me, like, you know, I was scheduling people's social media um, as I was waiting to be induced that day or wow. I had a Caesar. So it wasn't even to be induced, was to have the Caesar, um, you know, and again, you know, back on it after I'd got out sort of thing. And, you know, that's definitely not to to celebrate by any means, but that's what it was going to take for me to be able to then take, you know, a couple of weeks offline um, and then just dip back and in and out as you do. Um, and those that have had, you know, babies and businesses at the same time, it's, it is what you do. Um, you, you're not in a hundred percent. You just dip in and make sure everything's okay. But um, mm. yeah, it's just what had to be done. Uh, so yeah. And it, the mag, so it was sort of ticking along um, right style. Yes. And then it was just puzzle pieces. Honestly, there's been a lot of little puzzle pieces, Katrina, that, you know, like I've had a love of print magazines since high school, you know, I was just craving to share other people's stories I was inspired by the Collective Hub, which is Lisa Messenger's print mag. Yes. Um, I was starting to get frustrated with how we always been frustrated with how our stories are treated in the media, even when working at the Addy. Um, I couldn't understand why the women, you know, the netballers weren't on the back cover, um, you know, and I had an eagerness to learn from other women in business. So one day those puzzle pieces all came together. And that was in the form of an event that um, we're both very, very familiar with. Uh, it was up in Achuca, Moama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Imagine the possibilities. Possibilities, yeah. And look, there was, what, 250 women, I think, the one that I went to. That was back in 2017, September was 2017. That's the one that Lisa Messenger spoke at? No. First? So oh, that was okay. after. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I, it would have been amazing um, to be at the same event as her. Those tickets went, like, just hotcakes. Oh, yes. Um, very yeah. Oh, it was just, that's a phenomenal guest speaker to have. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I was invited to speak about LinkedIn and, and how to use that for your business. And um, Cindy, who was the event coordinator at the time, just said, hey, if you want to put a flyer in the gift bag, you're most welcome. And I'm just like, oh, not a naffy flyer again. Like, I just I just can't do it. And um, the idea of a magazine's obviously been sitting there and, yeah, I just thought, you know what, this might be a great opportunity to do a mini mag. So not do that full version and, and this can apply to anyone's business. You don't have to bring out that that perfect um, full vision version of whatever you're wanting to do. I mean, really, this was an entry-level test market thing to see, you know, what would happen. And to be honest, it was just to tick a box at the stage. I thought, yep, I'll tick this box. That'll fill that little itch and we'll be fine. And, um, yeah, so it was six weeks. I had six weeks from, you know, mentioning to Cindy, uh, mentioning it to Cindy and getting her, yep, not a problem, we can do that, to actually being able to present it at the event. So, you know, six weeks from concept to, to actual printed copies and event. And, um, yeah, that was a hellish six weeks. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> so much and I think I went to your workshop now I think about it they imagine oh, my gosh amazing I cannot believe that you that is incredible I love the, and then just the fact that you actually like pounced on that and did it in six weeks deadlines deadline I live by deadlines this is again this is a newsroom thing <laughs> I didn't have that deadline because I remember the like the three-week mark like I was on the floor crying, like, what am I doing? Like, this is insane. Because, you know, we're talking about branding, finding a graphic designer that can pull this together in a short amount of time, writing the stories, finding a bit of advertising, Googling how to create a print magazine or, or what you need to know about it. Um, you know, and 
I, I am proud of it. Like it, it's it's yeah. small. Um, it's not it, the magazine's definitely evolved since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like for for what it is and and how much time was spent on it, it's pretty impressive actually. So um, incredible. Yeah. And then you put one in every goodie bag, did you? I did. I did. Oh. And I still, again, isn't this funny? You you remember the the not so positive parts? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I still remember uh, a lady saying to me, "Oh." you're from Bendigo though, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but don't worry. There's sto- there was actually a lot of Echuca stories. Like you were one of those stories in there. Um, so around that region. And I'm like, no, no, you know, they're local to us around here. I think there might have been one Bendigo story, I reckon, too. Yeah. Um, she's like, oh, no, um, or just sort of like turned up her nose at it, like to say like you're not local. And I think that really rubbed me. Yeah. Um, and look, that stayed with me probably for two or three issues. And, yeah, now it's not even a you know it's not even a fly on my shoulder but um yeah it's um it's just interesting yeah the stories that we we got and then people just saying hey when's the next one coming out where can I subscribe and um at that time I actually had 50 extra copies um when I got it printed and I thought I'll quickly knock up a website get the socials up and going and just see if I can push these 50 off and I actually sold the whole (laughs) pre-order and um (laughs) And just thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. So, yeah, had to do another print run. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of where it started and, yeah, look where it is now. It's, yeah, what's been nearly four years and, yeah, yeah it's definitely grown. So it just shows what a, you know, that it, there really was a need for it. Well, you know, there was oh, a yeah. for it and you really, you know, nailed something that people were looking for and, and you know, it's oh, I love that. And so then it just then from there you've just kept producing it. And yeah. So what what is it about? I guess because you know I'm just, I feel exactly the same way. We're very much aligned in what we're trying to do. But you know what is it that drives you to empower rural women and and to share these stories so much? Is it just going back to that really that you just saw that there was this gap and the frustration of the way the stories were being portrayed? And you know I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Yeah. Like what it is that really drives that passion for you? Um. I think that I am that person. Like, I mean, I know that we'll have people, you know, listening from rural areas um, and, you know, I've grown up in Bendigo, which is, yeah, it really is a regional town. Uh, but at the same time, I've spent so much time in rural towns, like, you know, working at the Neil Free Press, my family, so my nan's side, um, they're from the Wimmera. So I've spent a lot of time there. I've spent time on sheep stations um you know I'm very much surrounded by that lifestyle I head out with right style I was you know for the last six years actually teaching people in rural areas how to use social media Mm -hmm. so it's through those workshops that you're hearing their stories um you're talking about the struggles the isolation you know just even the technology limitations you know so it's like okay so if you spend x amount of time each day doing this this and they're like we actually don't have internet service on our farm. We mm. have to go into town for that. It's like, wow, okay, so how are we going to do this? So, you know, um, I definitely live, work and breathe regional and rural and I know how different it is to Metro. You know, there are definitely obstacles that we face that Metro don't. Um, mm. So I suppose I wanted, again, it was just not seeing myself in those magazines. I wanted to be able to produce something where we could see each other. I wanted to be able to share those stories that I hear in my workshops in long form content, not see them in an Instagram caption. Um, You know, I wanted to get back to print, to take time offline and have a tangible thing that you can hold and, you know, enjoy. 
And I think there is something about seeing your story in print, whether it is as a photographer, a writer, or being featured, Mm. you keep that magazine. Like, you know, I still have all my articles that I've ever written, um, you know, cut out. Like, it's just what you do. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, I suppose I'm just, yeah, just I am passionate about women in general, though, Mm. Katrina, and just in not empowering, but even just trying to get some equality back, um, trying to get our voices heard. But, yeah, definitely sway more to those that live in rural and regional. Yes. I was listening to your podcast and I loved the story that you were telling about, I don't know where it was, but which what organisation it was, but you were saying how they, did, they were having this panel event and there was no women on the panel. And you were like, well, I can't go to the event. No. <laughs> I was just like, yes. <laughs> Oh, girl, that is awesome because oh, it says so much know, about I, me. Yeah, that's, um, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about actually making yeah. a stand. Those and then, like, it might it seems like sort of a small thing in some ways, but it's actually making quite a, a big point, isn't it? And that mm. must have taken quite a lot of courage to actually do that, too. Uh, not by this stage, no. Right. So, I would have to say, Oak has really, um, I don't know, just giving me this big boost of confidence to say, hey, no, this is not fair, this is not equal. Um, where are, you know, your female representation on this event? Why aren't you thinking about, you know, this cohort of our community and looking to fund them and help them? And where are our female mentors? And it was so funny. It was only like in the last couple of weeks, um, I was talking to a business leader in town and he was saying how the mentor program has sold out and, you know, they didn't have to advertise it. I said, oh, mentors. I said, like, I need a mentor. I know so many women that need female mm. mentors. Um, and he goes, oh, we just can't find them. They're all too busy. And I said, yeah, that's the problem. So if you could fix that, maybe you could pay them well <laughs> to be the mentor <laughs> so that they don't have to do the business family juggle. It's like, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. look, some things aren't going to change, but I mean, at least you can feel that little bit proud that you've yeah, you've had a voice, you've said how you feel, they know where you stand. And, um, you know, I know what, yeah, that podcast and uh, what business that is you're talking about. And look, that's so interesting. What was that? That was probably nine months ago, that podcast app. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm actually working with them on some other stuff. So, you know, they've come back around. <laughs> you know, yeah. Someone calls it out. Like people don't even see it, you know, especially the men. They don't see the, the issues unless no. I hey, no. actually, we really need to get this more balanced. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> so it takes that. And then once they do, some, I mean, hopefully you would hope that, yeah, they can take that on board then, but it is it is confronting yeah. for them. Initially. They probably think it's their own idea too. <laughs> that's oh, probably. That's fine. <laughs> they always feel better if you let them think it's their idea. That, that's uh, good for though, doesn't it? Everyone likes to think that they came up exactly. with communication skills. Um, but just going back then too to this, the whole juggle, I'd love to, you know, it must take a lot of work to produce a magazine and you've got four kids and, like, tell us about how that plays out day to day and how you manage yeah. that. Do you feel like you are, you know, are you in control of that? Is it manageable or is it, like, is it stressful and hectic or how are you managing that from that kind of well-being perspective as well? Yeah, so it is um, It is manageable. Um, it, it's probably, I think my husband would probably like to move out in, you know, the next four weeks when we really get into it. Yeah, um, yeah just because I'm not the best person to be around at that stage with deadlines. Uh, but I suppose this is where that whole um, just feeling like I'm not doing enough because I do, I actually work on this magazine in seasons as such. So I do 
take time off from it. Um, you know, when I work on the podcast, I do a lot of the social media, I do my social media workshops, all of that. And then there's sort of like an eight week period that I'll jump back onto the mag and go, right, okay, where are all my stories? Lock them all in and then start assigning um, writers and photographers. Um, oh, and even the advertising, that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that's a big blocker for me. So as soon as I've got money coming in for that that next issue, that makes me feel better. Um, and I seem to be able to move just a lot freer, like without that that heavy weight. Takes the pressure off of it. Yeah, my God, there's just, this is this weight that um, a print bill just sort of sits on your shoulders. Um, yeah, so that's where I sort of sometimes think, oh, maybe I don't work hard enough because I only pick it up sort of, you know, in certain areas. And that's just because of life. Mm. You know, I, I just can't, yeah. I just like to work to deadline as well, which probably doesn't serve my graphic designers very well. Um, But, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. I work really, really hard for, you know, six weeks. So it'll be late nights um, as we get really close. So, um, you know, late nights, early mornings. um, And that's okay because once that's gone to print, I just sleep. Like if that's, you know, I it's for me this whole well-being thing, it's not about, you know, I've got 24 hours in a day and I'm going to allocate three of them to, you know, well-being, like walking, um, meditating, journal writing. It, that just doesn't seem to work for me, Katrina. So for me, it's more in those big flows. Um, you know, I do relax a lot more. I'm off my phone a lot more. I don't work late nights. Um, you know, I go to the movies and just switch off completely or I drive with the workshops. Driving, I can't be on my phone. I think that's probably the more I talk about this, it's like that phone seems to be an issue. Um, (laughs) yeah it's just nice to be in your head and just yeah just not be distracted um and then yeah I work just insane uh for those few weeks just to get that mag up and very lucky that I have a graphic designer in uh Louise uh Davies from the design pond that works similar as well so uh yeah so lucky we're on the same page but um yeah, I also have a husband that is amazing, honestly. Um, we did role reversal really early on after I had my first. Uh, I realised that uh, staying at home, looking after kids just isn't my thing. It's just not great for my mental health. Uh, so, um, yeah, we role reverse. You know, I'm home for that first three months and then I head back to work. Um, and that has just worked so well for us. Um, there are definitely a whole nother topic and conversation and podcast episodes, um, I suppose, on that and, and how you feel as a mum because you do that. Uh, there's definitely still, unfortunately, you know, some people have views on that and mm. you know, that's, yeah, and what type of mum you are. But for me, that works really well. Mm. Um, so he's very capable of looking after the kids. He does lunch boxes. I've never made a lunch box in my life. Um, probably made one or two and yeah. even then he's put post-it notes on what needs to go where. <laughs> You know, um, Oakley, the littlest, she's actually the only one that I've worked home with the whole time. And and in saying that, um, yeah, like I did work hand in hand. I think I've got photos, you know, nursing her at the desk while I'm typing out stuff. And, you know, she's come along to meetings with me and and all of that. So, yeah, I suppose you just you just make it work. There's no magic recipe or anything like that. Oh, um, yeah. there definitely isn't. And I'm, I really like what you've said there about it's because, I mean, I like I have a very kind of um, it's a structured well-being practice where I do, you know, exercise, meditate, do the journaling, whatever, like, and it's it's very much kind of, you know, set and part of my life. But 
the point that you made is so spot on and it's very it's very individual well-being as well and like making sure and if it's working for you and as long as you're getting those down times and and you know in the in the industry that you're in you it's, it sort of goes hand in hand that you have to be able to do that like pressure at the end and get it out and then you know having that downtime afterwards is really important and it's you know it's a very individual thing having a well-being practice that works for you and it does have to be about what works for you it's just about yeah. being conscious about it i think Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I it's so funny. I'll say to my mom, oh, you need to watch this on Netflix. She goes, oh, I'm far too busy. You know, work and like work, you've only got work. And I'm like, I've got, yeah, I suppose I've got a business, um, you know, four kids. Mm-hmm. And I still find time to read books and Netflix all weekend. You know, it's just, I suppose, those different hours that you work, isn't it? You know, whether you do get up and work in the mornings or do put in those extra hours at night or or what it is. Um you know, sometimes it is, you know, three weeks without a day off as such. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it works. Well, and it's also just allowing yourself to stop in those times as well. Mm. And I think that's where a lot of people, especially perhaps that older generation of your mother's generation, like they don't know how to stop and switch off either. And, I mean, I struggle with that too. I think a lot of women do is just being able to stop and just let yourself, you know. Yeah. Whereas, you know, obviously, you, you, you're able to do that and allow yourself to do that. And it's probably you wouldn't be able to function the way you do when you do <laughs> I am the master of afternoon naps too, Katrina. Oh, me too. Mastered an hour, you know, around two o'clock, wake up at three, go get the kids and feel, yeah, just much more alive. Yeah, yeah. And also just touching on what you were saying about, you know, I I think you were touching on alluding to a bit of the mother guilt and the pressure that people put on you if you're the one that goes back to work. And I interviewed Steph um, Trithui, for the podcast from the, she's the motherland, the host of the motherland podcast. And she talked about this, you know, a lot, and she was very similar to you. And, and I mean, I was the same as well, you know, like just, I shouldn't say just being a mother, but being a mother is not like the only thing that I want in life. And Steph was Mm. the same. And obviously you're the same. And, you know, unfortunately still in the world that we live in, that's, um, you know, saying that out loud, there is still some stigma around that, you know, and it's, I I hope that by the, by the time our girls, uh, you know, our age, they can say that without feeling any guilt or shame around it. But, you know, there is still that at the moment, isn't it? And I think it just takes oh, women like you and like Steph just sharing their story and saying openly, you know, but this is how it is and it's fine. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, I, I love that and I think it's wonderful that you're that you're able to do that and manage it. And it does it does take a team, though. I mean, it, it, well, it certainly helps. I mean, there's ways to do it if you're a single mother as well, of course, but having a partner who is on board and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a partner the same, he's very like, it's very a shared, you know, balanced kind of situation. And that, I think that helps a lot. Would you say? Oh, definitely. So um, with us, like David wanted to go back to uni um, and study to be a teacher. So it, it worked both ways. Yeah. Um, you know, he was able to do that. And I just, it, like his story is interesting, I think. You know, he's gone to uni and taken the kids with him and sat them down in class with him. Like, I mean, he's probably typically that mum, isn't he, really, that, yeah, takes well, their well, he's, just, he's an example for men, though, isn't he? Like he's leading the way, I would say, you know, and being showing what men can do because I think that's part of this juggle and everything as well as it's showing and saying to men, hey, it's okay for you to do more of the caring roles as well. Like that's all part of the progress of moving forward, isn't it? It's not just about women changing. It's about men evolving as well. Oh, it is. And it must be an incredible experience for them as well to be able to to do that and yeah, spend some really quality time with their kids. Like, yeah, it's it's very lucky. Um, I'm very lucky. Yeah, it's, it's made for a good life, I think. 
Yeah, and exactly, and it's great for him too, you know, and I think that's a lot of the time that we forget that men have missed out too by not, you know, they've missed out in a different way as well, I yeah. suppose, and so we're all learning and growing and evolving <laughs> together. Do you know what? It's this little thing like the school, who they choose to ring, Yeah, um, you know, and it's so fun. Like I just say, you're ringing the wrong parent. You've, yes. And even now, like even though I'm probably the one that's more flexible um, when I'm travelling, it's like you've got the wrong parent. There's, <laughs> there is a key number on there and for some reason because there's a male name next to it, you just seem to always go for the mum. Yes. I'm not coming. Of those yeah. things in there that is <sighs> just in society that still skew it that way. Like it's yep. just, yeah, it's, there's still a lot of work. <laughs> that's why oh, you also it's so good and all the stuff that you share no doubt in the magazine everything that you're trying to do with the work that you do is so important for all this stuff isn't it it is um I know that we do say uh that it's women in business stories and and that could be seen very mainstream you know there's a, a view of that like oh the highs the hurdles I'm a mum juggling but um it's so interesting a reader said to me last week she goes it's actually a bit subverse, subversive. I'm like, oh, subversive, that's not great. She goes, but in a good way. Like she goes, you think you know what you're getting and then you open it up and you start reading and she goes, there's this gentle push to make us think um, more out of the box, to think more about diversity and inclusion and mm. all of that. Um, so it's not being strategic, but, yeah, they're the stories that maybe it has. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was such great feedback. And I'm like, yeah, you're so right. Like, yeah, we, we want to hear those stories. I, I want to share those stories without saying on the front, you know, this is this has a really strong feminism slant to it, this magazine. Um, not in a man-hating way by any means. Mm-hmm. Not in that. I mean, that's just such a big myth buster and yeah the way that they think about feminism but um more so in the fact it's just for equality to as you said to empower us to go out there and and be what we want to be and do whatever we want to do yes absolutely that's what it's all about isn't it and being able to have the freedom to choose in whichever way we want is mm. amazing, really isn't it yeah it is yeah well it's it's just such an important um all your work is, is so beautiful and important and I'm you know I'm so grateful that you're doing it. it how often does the magazine come out quarterly ish <laughs> <laughs> so we have ish on it because um so last year I only bought out one issue mm-hmm. and that is simply because of COVID like I literally could not juggle uh, you know, at home with four kids, um, homeschooling. Mm. Um, see, I was just so naive. My husband's a school teacher. I had this impression that he'd be home, so I was in, I was excited. I'm yes. Like, wow, I can really get into this, you know, into the mag, da da da, because we're just about to kick off. Um, and yeah, he's like, no, I'm an essential worker. So he worked um, at the time in a low socioeconomic school, which requires them to be at yes. school. You know, it's not safe for those kids for some of them to be home. Um, it's also tech wise, they just don't have access to technology. So, um, yeah, he was at school. So here I am with the four. Um, yeah. And I just, I couldn't do, I couldn't do both. Um, so something had to give and the magazine did. And again, that wasn't a great time. I think, yeah, I don't want to say postnatal, um, at all or that, but just that, bit of depression just snuck in I think and it's like what am I doing this is just Groundhog Day again mm-hmm. um and yeah it was by the time the second one come around I just said to him like I'm tapping out like I, I can't do this again 
Um, I need to find some creativity. And that's where, you know, launching the podcast and getting back into the magazine come about. So, yeah, we only got one issue out last year. And then, yeah, we're back on to quarterly-ish. Just depends. <laughs> it no, just again, depends what, on what's what happening if, in my life. <laughs> well, isn't that wonderful? And what a fabulous example, again, of making a conscious choice to just say, you know what, it's just, it's just too hard at the moment and putting your own well-being first and then, like, exploring what you needed to do for your creativity, like, that's that's gold, like, being able to make those conscious choices and, and do that for yourself and and I think that's so beautiful and wonderful because that's what it's all about. It's about taking that pressure off ourselves and, and you know, and not locking yourself into something if you think it's going to be detrimental to yourself, you know, and, and being able to do that, again, is such a great example for other other women in particular, I think, so... I think that's awesome that you did that. And how fabulous is the podcast? How is that going as well? Let's just talk about that briefly. That you started a podcast, yeah, I suppose, last year. Was was that the start? I did. I did. It's called. Um, yeah. What was it? Uh, I think it was April. Maybe? Yep. April. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's called a friend of mine. Um, I have a friend called Kylie, and I think for the last four years she's been badgering me to start a podcast. Yes. Um, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And anyway, um. Eventually, it's so interesting. Usually, Katrina, I can just jump into something and just do it. So I, I see more the end goal and go, right, I'll work backwards. Whereas my husband, for example, he's every he needs to have every step planned out before he launches something. So I'm completely opposite. So interesting with the podcast, I just couldn't get it going. Like I'm like, there was just something stopping me. But anyway, got it up and um, it really was to again, amplify our voices and make it more accessible so our story is more accessible for for others. And it's been amazing. I didn't think I would enjoy podcast journalism as much as I do writing. Mm. Um, I actually enjoy it more. Uh, I don't know why. I just absolutely love it. And the feedback has been phenomenal. I've been very lucky in the guests that I've interviewed. Um, Yeah, I've just loved it. But again, that's seasonal. So now that I'm working on the mag, like well and truly into issue 10, um, the podcast now sort of goes on hiatus until that magazine goes off to print. And then I start back on the podcast. So um, yeah, that's sort of how it works. That's awesome too, though, making it work for you. And if it's anything like me, I what I've loved about creating a podcast is getting to speak to fabulous women like you. It's just so enjoyable, isn't it? Hearing everyone's stories and just being able to pick their brains. And it's just I love it, which is probably what you do with the with the print journalism anyway, but maybe there's something special about just actually having those conversations and, yeah, I love yeah. it. Great. I think it's because it's in their own words. So when we write, like as a journalist, when you write someone's story, you're actually, you're putting the narrative around it. So you're putting their quotes wherever. So sometimes when you've actually sat down to interview someone, um, when you're reading an article, those quotes actually aren't appearing in context sometimes. Mm. Um, and that's something to always be very mindful of um, when you're reading mainstream media is that, you know, the way they've said things isn't necessarily how they intended. Whereas when you're listening to a podcast, it is really hard to cut and paste and put someone's quote elsewhere. Um, It literally is a conversation that you're part of. Um, And I think it's easier to then trust in that story as well. Um, So, yeah, that's something that I absolutely love about it. Mm. Uh, that yeah you can take someone on a journey sometimes people depending on the relationship you have with the host they might feel more confident to open up um, and share something and yeah it's all about just telling one person isn't it Katrina like just 
just one person might have to hear that little bit of information, that that thing that it's okay to do something or that they can go, oh, that's me too. Mm. And I think your job's done. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just, you know, and hearing it from different people in different ways and different people resonate with you. And, and yeah, and just sowing those little seeds all the time. I think that's it. And it's, you know, and that's what's so beautiful about hearing your story, particularly today and, and all the women I interview is it's that, like it's the humanizing of it and it's like oh well we all struggle with you know you you were talking about even now you still have imposter syndrome and you're creating this incredible magazine you know for people to hear that who are just starting out it's like well that's gold you know because you just got to realize that everybody is in the same boat and I think that is beautiful so we probably should finish up there because we could talk all day <laughs> very clear to me but I did just want to see if you have any little tips for anyone who's thinking about starting out in business or doing something incredible like starting a creative project like a magazine or a podcast or anything. I mean, that would seem like starting a magazine seems so incredibly daunting to me. But have you got any tips and advice for anyone who's thinking about, you know, wanting to start like a side project or a business or anything like that they should, you know, that would be helpful Um, it's interesting the printer uh, I was talking to the printer and they said they've seen an uptake in print magazines which is just such good news Um, so it is tricky to get one up but it's actually harder to maintain it that's where the yeah that's the hard part is maintaining it but um, in terms of you know whether there's someone listening that would like to start or they got that little niggle happening um, I think you just make space outside of your nine to five work um, and just yeah, start to be creative, you know, start small by deciding on a business name, securing a domain name, um, securing your social media handles, maybe just ticking away in the back end of a website, um, engage your branding, create Pinterest boards, you know, maybe even create a small run of the product that you're thinking about and sell it at either a market or online and then go from there. Um, yeah, depending on your financial situation, I still think you need to keep one foot in that corporate world or per se, whatever it is, mm. sort of in business um, while you're building your own. It just takes that financial pressure off um, and allows you to be more creative, I think, and, and spend that money into your business. Um, and then, yeah, it just really is a hard decision to pinpoint when to jump all in. Um, as I said, I could have jumped all in a few times, but I enjoy being back in the corporate sometimes and and working within big teams and working with big budgets and, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, there's something magical about having an amazing big budget when you're wanting to create stuff. But also, yeah, it's just amazing to work in teams being such a solo person. Um, And that's the thing. Uh, It is so isolating and um, you are on your own a lot. So be mindful of who you speak to about your business dreams. Um, I think there's just dream stealers out there uh, and they can get in your head. And sometimes it's because they don't understand what you're trying to do um, or they don't respect your passion, or maybe they're just not risk takers, um, you know, and, and business is a risk. Um, but at the same time, you can always go back. So if it doesn't work out, that's okay. There's plenty of jobs out there. There honestly is, you know, maybe not the job that we have in mind and we want to do, but my gosh, cafes, hospitality, you know, supermarkets, admin, there'll always be something to fill the gap if you need. So, um, Mm. yeah. That is such great advice. Like don't let that put you off taking the risk. You know, you can always, and you're never stuck, are you? That's the thing. You can give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, there's always options like that. Because you'd hate to like, 
miss out on the the joy of having a crack at it if it's what you really want to do. Um, I think that, mm. that that's what scares me more than anything is like getting to, you know, the end and thinking, oh, gosh, there's all this stuff that I really wanted to do. Yep, definitely. And I think just that that fear of what other people are going to think, you, you've got to shelve it. It's, yeah, I mean. Oh, so hard. That's the worst, isn't it? <laughs> you can't waste. Yeah, I know. I have a um, wonderful friend, Brakita, and um, I must have been talking sort of about something similar to her, and she just said, you just stop wasting your energy on worrying about what other people are thinking. You you don't, A, you don't know what they're thinking and B, you can't change it. So don't worry about it. Focus on you and what you want to do. Um, and that's a better, better spend of your energy. Oh, absolutely. That is such good advice. And it's certainly work for me that I'm working on all the time. I think we all are, but it's such great advice. Thank you. Um, so just to finish off, you said doing workshops. Is that, um, you know, where can people find out more about those? And then obviously we can get the magazine on your website. But are you still doing the workshops at the moment? Uh, so I've been so fortunate that um, I've actually been running workshops. So I am hired through uh, a business called Rural Business Connections. Oh. Um, they're based in the Sunraysia area. So they're based in Mildura. Um but do have a look. I feel like some of your re- um, listeners may be in that region. So mm-hmm. Rural Business Connections, uh, they just provide low cost to free access to workshops and be it social media, email marketing, um, websites, tax essentials, you know, photography. They're just amazing. And I'm so very lucky that I've been working with them for the last five years and they keep asking me back. So, mm-hmm. you know, I travel to places like, yeah, Mildura, um, Wentworth, Swan Hill, Rochester, Wakul, Barham, um, Bort, like all different. Oh, yeah. yeah, cool. All awesome. Yes, yeah. well, there'll definitely be people listening in this region and it'll be um, able to get on board with those. That's great. And um, and when is the next episode, uh, not episode, <laughs> the next <laughs> edition of the magazine out, due out? Yeah, so we're up to the big issue number 10, which... Ooh. Yeah, it's really exciting and it'll be released uh, just around the four-year mark, which is even more exciting. Uh, And, um, yeah, it should be out early September. So it will be out in time for The Huddle, which, um, yeah, is just... Are you going? Yes, I had FOMO last year, so (laughs) I didn't get a ticket last year. Um, I bought one this year. Like, I just bought it. I just went, oh, my God, I can't miss out. I haven't even worked out... um, anything other than the fact I have a ticket um it's also my 10-year wedding anniversary and I had promised to do so because I'm terrible with that sort of thing um you know with (laughs) Valentine's Day and so I'm like no it's okay I'll organize something good for our sorry our wedding anniversary um yeah but anyway we'll wait another year um so yeah it'll be out around then and we're actually going to include it in the gift bags for the huddle so um yeah just more women can read it oh that is super exciting for anyone who doesn't know the huddle is a big event in orange which is organized by pip and her crew from jumbled the online store which i am a massive groupie of and the huddle is just (laughs) fantastic event with all these great speakers and it's all about just you know learning and hearing from inspirational people and you'll be i'm surprised you haven't been a guest yet kimberly actually won't you 
There you go. I might have to plant the seed with Pip and say, Definitely hey. manifest. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is that imposter syndrome. I just think, oh, what have I got to talk about, though? Why would oh, someone be interested in what I'm going to talk about? <laughs> I can see you there one year for sure. So, um, oh, That's a big compliment. Thanks, Katrina. Uh, look, it's just been so lovely chatting with you today. Uh, we could talk all day and I've really enjoyed it so much and um, I hope that we get to catch up soon and I'm so looking forward to the next edition and and is when will the is you're in a break now of the podcast but that'll be out again soon as well yeah that will be so that'll be out again uh in september so they'll both um yeah both come out in september so we've um yeah done six episodes of season three or something i don't know i I must admit i don't even look at what seasons or anything are um i just squeeze in enough that i can and yeah yeah, um, yeah you know but uh yeah there's some great episodes on there but, yeah, so uh, yeah. You put all the links to that in the show notes and all of that as well beautiful so about that you can find out all of that and thank you so much for joining me today Kimberly it's been so lovely and yeah good luck with the 10 10th edition of the magazine thank you thanks Katrina thanks for having me see ya